Do our processes, training, and marketing really align with what our customers care about most? In this short series, I'll cover some concepts I think are sometimes forgotten, but are critical to address when developing raving fans. Stay tuned to hear a massive topic we must be mindful of. Running a service business can be hard. It is not unusual for business owners in industries like contracting, home repair, auto repair, business-to-business services like janitorial, IT and accounting, and many others to feel overwhelmed by all the priorities facing them at any given time. Between addressing the needs of the customers, managing the employees, figuring out the financials, and getting processes in place, feeling like you're making significant progress on your business journey can be difficult. Welcome to Service Industry Success, hosted by Brian Harding. Each week, Brian will look at real-world strategies for building the business you are dreaming of, while also sharing tactics to get through some of the most frustrating parts of business ownership with a lot more ease. Let's get started. So I'm going to start off today telling you a quick story about a a meeting I had with someone a few months ago. It was a guy I've known for many years, a great guy. We We were getting together for lunch. Um, to work on a project together uh, for an industry association he's part of that I was going to be speaking at. And at the last minute, he called me up a couple hours before we were supposed to meet for lunch and said, hey, um, by the way, I can't make it, so my wife is going to go instead. No big deal. But one of the things I thought about was I had told my wife uh, that we were having lunch. Josh and I were having lunch. And it occurred to me that you know, even though my wife and I have a super tight marriage, like we're, we're as good as you could be in a marriage. Um, this is probably something I should let her know about. (laughs) So even though the, the likelihood that she would freak out or, or think something bad was happening or whatever, was extremely low. If I got it wrong, there's some big consequences there. And so one of the things I did pretty quickly after uh, I called to confirm lunch with, with my friend's, um, wife instead, we agreed on where we're going, all that kind of stuff. Um, I, called my wife and said, by the way, we've been talking about me having lunch with this guy for a while. And and last minute he can't make it. I'm having lunch with his wife and said, so just in case somebody sees me there with a a woman, you'll understand what's going on. So again, it wasn't because I was freaked out about our marriage being rocky. That's absolutely like not even a thing to worry about for me. Um, But again, if I got this wrong and somebody happened to see me there and happened to call my wife and say, Hey, who's this woman that Brian's having lunch with? And she thinks, wait a second, Brian told me he's having lunch with a dude. Like, why would I even want to create that situation? That's just a silly trap for me to fall into. So what's that have to do with running a business? Well, hang on here. I'll, I'll, I'll get to that. We, we spend a lot of time trying to teach our employees about what our customers really care about. And I think sometimes we get caught up in the details about the technical work and take for granted that we are, you know, properly addressing non-technical factors that must be addressed. And today we're going to talk about one of those topics, both literally and figuratively, and that is the underwear drawer. The underwear drawer is one of these things, and as I get into this, it'll make more sense. Right now, you're probably wondering, what the hell are you talking about, Brian? As I get into this, it'll make more sense. Just bear with me. But there's an unspoken, instinctual fear and an amount of stress that goes along with the underwear drawer. If your clients are women or you know, not even if you're, if you're specifically marketing to women, but if your client is likely to be a woman, you know, over the age of whatever, I don't know what the number would be. Maybe it's 30, maybe it's 40, maybe it's 22. I don't know. You'll know your clients better than me, but there isn't, there's an unspoken instinctual fear 
that women have about a man coming into their home, maybe anyone coming in their home, but but for sure, a man coming into their home and providing a service. And when they're not looking, that person going through their underwear drawer. This is what I'm talking about. So recently I was teaching some classes. And in this one particular class, there's about 100 people there. And it was about two-thirds men and about one-third women. Now, these are people in industries where they are likely to be working in a master bathroom. So think plumbing, electrical, uh, septic, uh, drywall, paint, like these kinds of things where you're likely to be in a master bathroom doing work, flooring, you know, those, it was an industry like that kind of stuff. And we were talking about the customer journey in this class and specifically about things not related to the technical service we provide, but which had a significant impact on the overall journey for the customer. So to illustrate my point, I brought up the underwear drawer as an example. And I asked in this class of, again, around 100 people, might have been 120, I don't know. I didn't count them, but it was over 100, somewhere in there. I asked how many people thought the female customer, again, this is a, an industry where at least half the time, if not more, probably 70% of the time in, for the, in this particular case, the customer is likely to be an adult woman. And I asked how many people thought their customer, the, the adult female woman, was more concerned about a male technician providing good, solid technical work or going through their underwear drawer. Now, nearly all of the men said the technical work was more important. But the women, however, putting themselves in the role of the customer had a vastly different perspective. Uh, uh, duh. <laughs> of course, they have a different perspective. Women cited, and we're talking about the customer journey, like what do we want them to be thinking and feeling in the beginning? And what do we want them to be thinking and feeling when we're done? This is, this is kind of the uh, super high-level view of the, the customer journey that I talk about. Women, and I asked them, like in the beginning, you have this random person who you don't know, this company you may or may not know, but even if you know the company, you don't know the person necessarily. It's some faceless, nameless person coming to your home. What are you thinking and feeling about this person as it relates to your underwear drawer? And the women begin talking about things like, it's an instinctual fear. I can't control it. It's a gut fear uh, feeling. I have, I have no ability to turn this off. It's a thing that I just, it just happens. It's a natural thing. And it makes me weary. And it's uncontrollable. And it's not personal. Heck, I don't even know who the, who the person is who's coming. It's not personal. But it stresses me out. So women um, present in this, in this class cited, this is how it feels. And they also cited like the best case scenario at the end of the encounter, at the end of this work that is being done in their home, the best case scenario is, is, is for us to aim for them to be comfortable. They're not going to be excited. The guy didn't go through their underwear drawer. They're not going to be exuberant. They're not going to be super fans because he didn't go through my drawer. It's not like that. The best we can hope for is comfortable. None of them said the underwear drawer kept them up at night. That was not a thing. And none of them said they were more worried about the technical work, the underwear drawer. So it's somewhere in the middle there. It wasn't a thing that they, they lost sleep over, but it was definitely more important to them than is the guy going to put the carpeting in correctly or the linoleum or fix the drywall or paint or fix the toilet or whatever. They were not concerned about the technical work being, being done correctly. They assume the guy coming out knows how to fix that stuff. They don't assume the guy's going to mind his own business instead of our underwear drawer. Now, the interesting thing for me was even when presented this immediate in-your-face information from 30-plus women, maybe 40 women, some of the men who were managers, business owners, leader, had leadership roles in their companies kind of held on to this, yeah, but kind of approach. As if they were taking the information in, but they were thinking, 
yeah, but this is not reasonable. It really shouldn't be this way. You really shouldn't have those concerns because my guys are good. My background check, I do my thing with, I can trust my guys. This isn't something you should really worry about. And they were fighting with reality to, to uh, almost like superimpose this situation they would prefer to have. Like they, they just could not, now I'm getting some of them, and eventually they all come around. So I'm not, I'm not saying that the, the people in this particular class um, were just like super reluctant. But it was interesting that their first reaction was, yeah, but it shouldn't be that way. Like my guys are good. <laughs> and, and they were really trying to just resist reality. And as that was happening, the women were growing more and more agitated as the dudes just weren't getting it. The more that the, the room could feel the women expressing their case, like this is something I can't control. It's a thing. And the guys reacting in part by going, yeah, but come on, that's not reasonable. Now they weren't saying those words, I'm, I'm, but their body language and their tone and their reaction was this kind of reluctant, resistant, eh, kind of making a big deal about nothing. Again, they didn't say those words. We really clear. They did not say those words, but that's definitely how it came across to me anyway. And the women were getting pissed. <laughs> There's no other way to say it. Some of them especially were like, why aren't you getting this? Now, for, eventually, all, it all, everybody came around and like, okay, yeah, this is a thing. We have to address it and whatever. We, it, every, it all ended fine. Everybody got it in the end. So don't, don't worry about that part. The lesson here for me, though, was seeing the dramatic divide between the supplier's perception of how important this thing was versus the explanation from the actual customers of what a big deal this is. The suppliers were very confident they understand this or understood this was a thing to kind of sort of worry about. But the female would-be customers had a, a visibly adamant, like guttural, strong response about or a feeling about this topic. They they uh and especially as it was was not taken seriously to the degree that they wanted or thought it should be, they they started getting more uh animated, I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> so, and even when told by the exact kinds of people who would be in this situation, it took a little time for some of these, some of these guys to come around. Not all, but some, you know, it, it just, it took a few minutes and it didn't take an hour. It didn't take 45 minutes. It took a few minutes, but it was an interesting five minute or so. Um, I don't want to say experiment, but just, it was just interesting to watch how this unfolded. So one of the first questions for me is on a scale of one to 10, how well do typical employees understand any topic relative to how well the business owner understands it or a manager understands it? So for example, let's say a business owner understands a concept or a thing or a topic at a nine, like they don't have it quite perfect, but they got it pretty well figured out, the business owner. So then that would mean for most of us, not all, hopefully this is better for you than what I'm going to explain here, but for some of us, most of us probably, a manager, if the, if the business owner gets this as a nine, a manager in that company probably gets it as a seven or an eight. And a typical frontline employee understands this topic at maybe around a six then. And maybe you have employees that understand it better. I, and I get all that. I'm just speaking in complete generalities about a fictitious company in a fictitious industry and, and, uh, and fictitious people involved. But generally speaking, when I ask business owners, if you understand something at a nine, how well do your manager understand it? They usually say seven or eight. And how well do your frontline employees understand that you see around a five or six? That's usually how it goes when I ask these questions. So let's say across a given industry, it breaks down like that. Business owner, nine, manager, eight, frontline employee, six, for example. Well, 
if uh, in this case, the business owner and managers didn't get it that well, then, then where would the employees land? So if, if, uh, if an important topic like this one, the business owners and managers, and get in my example for my class, only understood this underwear drawer thing at a five or a six, or maybe lower in some cases, imagine how little the majority of their frontline employees understand it. That's my, that's my ultimate point here, is if we as the leaders of the company are dismissing something or reluctant to accept it or just not even aware of it, imagine how little uh, thought process goes into these things for our frontline employees. Imagine what that experience could be like for the customer. So the obvious question is, what are your customers' underwear drawers? And do we truly understand it and its impact? And do our employees truly understand our in its impact? So if you're regularly working in the master bedrooms of your customers' homes, like plumbers, electricians, carpet cleaners, home cleaning, septic, drywall, paint, flooring, moving, etc., then the underwear drawer is, in fact, your underwear drawer. Like, literally, if you're working in the master bathroom or the master bedroom and the customer, uh, homeowner, customer, whatever, is likely to be a woman and is likely not to be in the room with you the whole time, which is, you know, almost all of us. Uh, the the customer's not going to stand in the room and watch what you're doing. They're going to be in the kitchen. They're going to be in the in the living room. They're going to be in the garage. They're going to be in the yard. They're going to be out or whatever. They're going to be doing their thing. And you're going to be left alone in that bathroom or master bedroom. This is, in fact, your underwear drawer then. This is a thing. But you might have more than one. We all definitely have some that are not literally underwear drawers. So what are other kind of underwear drawer kind of things? If you're providing a service where you're in a house but don't necessarily have to be in a bedroom, or at least from the customer's perspective, based on their limited understanding of what you do, like it'd be weird to them for you to be in a bedroom. The master bedroom might be the underwear drawer. The 16-year-old daughter's bedroom might be the underwear drawer. So if you're there diagnosing a leak and they think that you should be in the living room, they, well, all of a sudden they come around the corner and you're in the master bedroom. They might go, whoa, 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 what are you doing in there? Or the 16-year-old daughter's uh, bedroom. If you're offering financing, and you're asking about uncomfortable personal financial information that they think, from their perspective, should really only be asked by the financer, the lender. You know, if you're using some kind of third-party financing company, and they have to pick up the phone call and, and dial in and speak to and give some, you know, what's your income and what's your, you know, whatever they, and they run their credit, what's your social security number, and they run the credit and whatever. They probably expect that, but if your if your technician's asking questions, they might not under, understand that. And if that is part of your process, then we better explain that. Because they might be going, wait, 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 whoa, 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 what are you doing here? Like, what are you doing in this space? This is not a space that makes sense for you to be. How do you handle credit rejections? Do you train and script how your technicians or estimators are going to handle that? I mean, imagine a tech being very kind and, and excited about working with this client, and all of a sudden they get denied credit, and they abruptly, the technician abruptly changed the way they were treating this, this potential customer who was denied credit. Imagine how that would feel. Like, whoa, 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 what, what, what's going on here? Why is this happening? Anything that would prompt the question, what are you doing in there physically or emotionally? Now, not that you guys would ever do this, but imagine a customer telling your technician, they have a 14-year-old daughter, and the tech asks, oh, well, what time is she going to be home from school? Like that cringy knot you just got in your stomach hearing me say that is the guttural reaction we're wanting to identify and avoid at all costs, just like I was when I called my wife in advance of my lunch. It's that instant reaction, that guttural, you can't stop it, cringy knot in your stomach to go, whoa, what's going on here? That is what we have to be aware of. So another obvious impressing question is how, how do we, how well do we address our customers underwear drawer? So, okay. Understanding it is, is one thing, 
identifying it is a thing. Um, but how do we actually address it? Like, what are we doing in our processes, if anything, to, to address this to the degree that it makes sense? What are the situations that could prompt a customer to have that cringy knot in their stomach? Like we all just did when I said, <laughs> imagine a guy asking, what time's your daughter going to be home? Like that, that's a cringy knot in your stomach, like ugh, icky kind of thing. What are the situations in our regular everyday world that could, that could prompt some kind of response like that? And are there more than just one? Almost certainly for all of us, there are these things. And almost certainly for all of us, we're assuming and operating as if our people get it. Are people out there making good decisions? But if we, if we are not even aware of what these things are and we are not able or comfortable to even talk about them, how could our people who are out in the homes and out in these situations or dealing with customers coming to us, you know, if you're, if you're an attorney, if you're a CPA, you're dealing with personal financial stuff. I mean, imagine being a lawyer, you're, you're, you're dealing with all kinds of crazy situations. We better be careful about that stuff, right? So how do I make sure I'm not just like those guys that underestimate the impact that this has on the customer's journey with our company in the class I was referring to? How do I make sure I'm not dismissing these things or underestimating? And how do I train my team to get them to understand things so I'm not a, a nine and they're a, a six? And in this case, maybe I'm not a, a five and they're a two. Like, imagine how bad that would be. How do I train my team to get them to understand how to address these topics in a way that doesn't make it more weird, but gets our team to understand how big of a deal these things can be when they go wrong? And how do I balance that with not creating problems where there are none? Like, I don't want to go out and like find things that aren't issues, but I damn well better be paid, paying attention to the ones that are with, with acknowledging these situations that could be explosive if they go wrong. Just like me calling my wife and telling her about my lunch change. If I got that wrong, it could have been explosive. Like, why would I risk that? It makes no sense. So more on that in a minute. First, do you want to establish controls in your business that will lead to your comfort, peace of mind, and freedom as a business owner? Do you want to build a business that provides you the, the time to enjoy the life you dream of? Do you want to learn strategies and get employees to want to do the right thing instead of being forced to do the right thing? Do you want a supportive group to help you navigate the difficult situations and decisions that are a routine part of owning a business? Do you want to shorten the learning curve by avoiding mistakes others have made and instead implement strategies that have been proven to work for others facing your exact challenge? Do you want to increase profitability by not, not unnecessarily paying for mistakes others have already made and can warn you about? Do you want to get immediate solutions to problems you are facing right now? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you'll want to be part of the new group membership I'm offering. The new group uh, program in includes a live Zoom call every week where we diagnose and solve your immediate problems on the spot. And you'll also get access to my entire video library of courses and Zoom call recordings. If you miss the call, you get you can get the recording a couple days later. And the entire my entire library of videos that are all four to eight minute videos generally covering the kinds of topics you're going to talk about here, but of course, in much more detail. To try it out, no charge, just send a quick introductory email to hello at serviceindustrysuccess.com with the word group in the subject line. Again, just send a quick introductory email to hello at serviceindustrysuccess.com with the word group in the subject line to try this group out at no charge. You can come try it for free, see if you like it. All right, so the first thing we got to do is identify the underwear drawers for our customer in our industry. What are these things that are going to prompt them to say, what are you doing here? Like, what are you doing in this space, both physically and emotionally? Then we have to figure out how do we keep these, how do we keep from underestimating the importance of these situations, but also not create problems where there are none. And one of the logical things we could do is we could ask our customers. <laughs> we could ask, like, what are the things that, and you wouldn't like do a survey, but you would call a friend 
who who was likely to buy your service and say like what what what's what's your underwear drawer like we if you have a relationship with somebody just flat out ask them like what are the things that would make you go hmm, what are you doing here that's a weird space for you to be again both physically and emotionally once we under, understand the uh, where the wonder uh, the underwear drawer landmines are we need to watch out for uh, how do we get our managers and supervisors to understand these things and how to navigate them we we can't we have to be mindful of this like when I say watch out we have to we have to make sure that we are teaching people how we want these things addressed. We can't assume that they're going to get it right. If they, we can't even assume that they're going to know what they are in some cases. So it's one thing for us to understand it. Then how do we get our managers and leaders and supervisors to understand these situations and how to navigate them? How do we get our employees to understand these situations and how to navigate them? How can we discuss this and train this topic without making it weird? Like we have to have these conversations to prepare our people to make good decisions we can't do it in a way that that makes it more awkward. So uh, these are um, these are things we have to think through, and we can't we cannot assume our employees get it. Uh, I, I just over my career, there's been too many times where employees have just flat let me down, and I'm like, "What were you thinking?" And their response is some version of, "I didn't know." Now, again, I've never caught anybody actually going through somebody's underwear drawer, but uh, similar kinds of things where I'm like, what were you like? What would make you ask this? Like, that's a bonehead thing to ask. Why would you do that? And they, their answer is just kind of, I didn't know. So, uh, history and experience tells me that these are the kind of things we can't take for granted. We have to identify, we have to address, we have to ta- train and educate our employees how to deal with these things. And we certainly have to make them aware that these things exist and what, you know, what to say, what not to say, what to do, what not to do to avoid these problems. All right. So to try my new group, providing immediate problem solving at no charge for your, come check it out, no charge. Just send a quick introductory email to hello at serviceindustrysuccess.com with the word group in the subject line. Also, upcoming events. For those of you in Washington State, I'll be speaking along with professional keynote speaker Nancy Giacalone and Bob Donegan, the president and CEO of Ivers. I mean, how cool is that? The president and CEO of Ivers. There's not a more Northwesty kind of thing than that. On May 4th at the McGavick Center in Lakewood, get your tickets at southsoundbusinesssummit.com. Tickets are only 47 bucks. Just hearing Bob Donegan talk about the 13 principles Ivers used to navigate the COVID lockdowns is worth 47 bucks. Get your tickets at southsoundbusinesssummit.com today. Also, if you haven't had a chance yet, subscribe or follow this podcast. Share it with a friend or colleague who's a business owner in the service industry and give us a rating review. That's how we uh, grow this thing. That's how we help as many people as possible. You never know what somebody might hear here that might uh, uh, help them solve a major problem they're dealing with. You never know what they might hear and go, oh, that's how we're supposed to do that. You never know who might help. So share it with the uh, people that uh, you know are business owners, especially in service industries. So, anyhow, that's it for this week, and I will see you all next week. Mm-hmm.